I'm Steve Durano. Welcome to Body Performance, the podcast designed to help you reach your weight loss, fitness, and bodybuilding goals. Last episode, we talked about improving your workout, and I gave bench pressing as an example. Then I also talked about additional muscles, not burning calories, and not speeding up your metabolism. Today, we're going to talk about lifting form, a topic near and dear to my heart, and what foods you need to eat that'll burn additional calories. When it comes to lifting form, everybody is an expert. It is amazing to listen to people talk about it in the gym. Apparently, nobody's making any gains in the gym because their feet aren't pointed at the right angle, their hands aren't in the right position, they're not pointing their pinkies out, you turned your head, you blinked your eyeball, and now that whole set is worthless. Never mind the fact that they're not really lifting any weight, they want to blame it on their form. Somehow the form is the reason they're not getting bigger and stronger. These are the same hammerheads in the gym who want to offer up advice to you because somehow they think you're moving too much when you're lifting all this weight with one or two arms. And I want to tell them, hey, if you think I'm cheating this weight up, by all means, sit your ass down and curl that weight with one hand. And it's funny because nobody takes me up on that offer. They just want to correct my form as if somehow I need to listen to what this hammerhead has to say while he's lifting with his pinkies out. And it's always interesting that every gym in America now has kettlebells, which people swing and toss and do all sorts of interesting things with. But somehow if you move when you're doing a curl or somehow you do a lateral where you might straighten your lower back out or do something where you're not standing statue still, all of a sudden you're cheating, regardless of how big you are or how much weight you're handling. And now cross-training and cross-fitness is all the rage where everybody's doing Olympic weightlifting. But nobody seems to criticize these guys. Hey, wait a minute. You're lifting, you're exploding, you're snatching and cleaning and jerking that weight overhead. And all of a sudden you jump up and throw it above your head. That's okay because now that's in vogue. But everybody else who's been lifting for the last 20 years is somehow doing something wrong because they're moving to handle additional weight. Well, you know what? Man up. That's what it's about. Adding additional 10, 15, 20 pounds to the bar and then doing your best to move the weight. The more you move the weight, the more you contract the muscles, the more the muscles grow and the bigger and stronger you get. Sorry to tell you that, but that's the truth. Now, there are some exercises you can't cheat on. It's hard to cheat on bench press. What are you going to do? You can bounce it off your chest. Um, Okay, big deal. Not the best thing in the world. But if that allows you to handle some additional weight, do it. That's just the way it is. Would you win or be able to compete in a powerlifting meet? Probably not. But if you don't touch your chest with the bar, if you bounce a little bit, if you generate a little momentum, who cares? You're still lifting the weight. You are still contracting the muscles in order to move that weight. And that's what we're trying to do. Contract the muscle with force to create trauma on the muscle to make it adapt and get bigger and stronger. And sometimes that's what's needed to break through a plateau and get to your next level. Sometimes you just got to cheat the weight up. But make no mistake about it, that weight isn't moving just because you're cheating. It's moving because you're contracting your muscles. Again, there's a point of no return. If you're curling weight and you're jumping underneath it, okay, I get it. But let's not take things to the stupid realm. Think about things this way. You're driving your car. It takes a shit on you. You got to get out and push it home. And all of a sudden, your buddy jumps out and starts criticizing your form of how you're pushing your car. 
Oh, dude, you're leaning too far forward. Your toes aren't pointed. Hey, your elbows are going out. What are you doing? That's not right. Meanwhile, you're hustling the car down the street. Remember, not everybody's built the same, and a lot of things that people tell you to do don't make any fucking sense. I'll give you an example. Skull crushers. You're lying on the bench, you take a curl bar, you drop it behind your head, and then you do an extension. Skull crushers, lying tricep extensions, whatever you want to say. Then I hear people say, oh, you got to keep your elbows in. What the hell's that got to do with anything? While you're trying to keep your elbows in, you're not thinking about extending your arms and dropping the weight overhead. And some people can't keep their elbows in because they have something called a big chest. So while you're monkeying around trying to keep your elbows in, you're not thinking about extending the weight overhead. Again, stupid stuff, stupid rules that guys are making up to prevent you from lifting heavier weight. I'll even give you a little tip on how to do more weight with behind-the-head skull crushers. Here's what you do. If you're a short guy like me, what you do is hook your feet on the edge of the bench or hook your feet down near the base of the bench. That way, when you drop that bar behind your head, you don't feel like you're going to flip over. And as a matter of fact, don't drop the bar to your forehead. Drop the bar behind your head. That way, it'll allow you to take a little bit of tension off the triceps, take some pressure off the elbows, also prevent you from smashing your forehead if your triceps give out. And then what that does is gives you a little bit of play. It allows you to throw the weight up, which allows you to handle heavier weight. So by dropping the weight behind your head, eases the tension off the elbows and the tricep, and then gives you a little room for momentum to drive the weight up, allowing you to handle heavier weight, giving you better results. You can do the exact same things with pushdowns. In other words, don't stop at 90 degrees when you're doing cable pushdowns. Allow the weight to come up to, let's say, your chin. And what that does is it gives your triceps a little bit of a break. You can take a one or two second breather, and then you can throw the weight down, even if you have to drop your hips a little bit, and then do the pushdown. What that does is it gives you additional momentum, so you're doing pushdowns with 130 as opposed to 90 pounds. It also helps to take pressure off the elbows because you're not stopping the weight mid-motion with your elbows at 90 degrees. Another thing to think about is people talk about, wait a minute, you need a full range of motion. But then when people watch me do pushdowns, they're like, hey, you need to stop at 90 degrees. And I go, no, I don't. I'm using a full range of motion, so I'm allowing the bar to come up to my chin, and then I drive it down from my chin to a straight arm position. But again, these are these old myths that seem to be perpetuated and people just continue to do them and they keep criticizing other people. It just is a waste of time. And it's always interesting that people who criticize can't seem to do the weight. Another thing you also have to remember is that when you move, you are dissipating a lot of the pressure that builds up on tendons, ligaments, muscles, and joints. Why does a fishing pole bend? Because if it didn't bend, it would break. And not everybody's built the same. So a lot of times, what is considered correct form isn't correct form for you. This means you have to put your body in an advantageous position so you're able to handle the weight. You're able to move in a position that helps you lift the best weight or the biggest amount of weight. That's called kinesiology, the study of movement. This means if you want to add more weight to the bar or you're grabbing the heavier dumbbells, have at it. 
And then if somebody wants to play armchair quarterback and telling you you're doing something wrong, you tell them, don't let me stop you, buddy. Jump in. Lightweight, baby. Nothing but a peanut. I remember years ago, I filmed Justin doing one-arm dumbbell raises to the front using 100-pound dumbbells. He would raise the dumbbell until his arm was parallel to the ground. And I couldn't believe how many ham and eggers were criticizing him. Oh my God, he's moving a little bit. Look, he's dropping his legs. He's, he's moving this. He's doing that. I'm like, he is lifting 100 pounds with a straight arm until his arm is parallel with the ground. You couldn't even pick the dumbbell up. And you're criticizing this guy because somehow he's dropping his weight. Do you think that maybe he has to drop his ass because as that 100 pounds is raised out in front of him, if he didn't drop his ass, he would tip over? Does that come to mind? Oh, no, no, it doesn't because you've never lifted that kind of weight before. I had a buddy named Scott, good friend of mine. He was doing laterals with 90-pound dumbbells, standing laterals with 90-pound dumbbells. Did he move a little bit? Yes, he did. But 90 pounds is what guys bench press, not do laterals with. Normal people don't do that. Dorian Yates did that with 90 pounds, and that's why my buddy Scott was like, oh, Dorian did it, I can do it, and he did do it. It wasn't perfect, but God damn, he was lifting 90 pounds doing laterals. Pretty impressive. In the end, it is still about moving the weight and contracting the muscle. Even things like squatting and not going the whole way down. Guys are like, oh, am I going the whole way down? Am I going to parallel? I'm like, you just put another 30 pounds on the bar. It's okay if you don't go to complete parallel. Remember, that additional 30 pounds is not only weight your legs have to lift, but it's also additional weight your lower back has to support. So as you get used to handling that additional 30 or 40 pounds, your strength will begin to develop in your back, your hips, and your quads, and then you'll be able to lower the weight until you get a complete squat. So things like that are just not critical. The important thing is, is that you handle the weight and you do it safely. Now let's talk about what foods you can eat that will cause you to burn calories. And the answer is, no food causes you to lose weight. It's the calories you don't stick in your mouth that causes weight loss. It's the foods you don't eat that cause weight loss. People think that if you eat something that's a high-fiber food like celery, that somehow passing that through your body is going to burn more calories and you're going to lose weight, that it's a negative calorie food. It is true that we don't digest the calories from fiber, but if you think eating a piece of celery and having it pass through your stomach and your digestive system is going to cause weight loss, you're nuts. The reason why you're losing weight is because you're eating celery and not a Snickers bar. Remember those Olympic marathoners we were talking about? The guys that run 26 miles in two hours? They're running 13 miles in one hour? They're burning about 50 calories per mile or about 50 calories in five minutes? Think about the amount of effort that's being put out to have it slide through your digestive system and, and out the other end. Now, it is true that it does take calories to digest food. It takes more energy to digest a steak than it does to digest a piece of fruit. But understand this, it's the food you don't stick in your mouth that causes weight loss. If you're having dieting troubles or you have some questions, hit me up on Instagram. I'll be happy to answer them on the show. On my next episode, I'm going to answer the mysterious question of, does squatting really help your other lifts? I'm Steve Tarano, and this is Body Performance.